Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. John chapter 8, we're going to read one verse, week 2 of our I Am series. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. John chapter 8, look down at verse 12. Verse 12 is the only one we're going to read today. It says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, this is what he said. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Will have the light of life. Today, we're going to talk about the second part of this series, the second I am statement. Today, we're talking about the light of the world, the light of the world. Can you say that with me? Come on. The light of the world. I am the light of the world, said Jesus. Come on, let's talk about it. We're going to pray and then uh, we're going to worship Jesus one more time. Let's close our eyes, bow our head and ask, uh, ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, God, for your goodness, your grace, for your provision. We thank you that you are a good God. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for loving us and being so kind, so generous with all of us. Thank you today for the beautiful day that has been already, God. We pray that you would speak into our soul, into our hearts, that we would know you in a way like we've never known you before. God, right now we pray for family members, for friends, these names that we've written down on these pieces of paper, God, all week. And for the next six weeks, we're going to be praying for them. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would surround them right now, wherever they are. God, that you would reach them. God, that they, you would surround them with people that always remind them about you and how much you love them. Help us to be bold with our faith and tell them our story and our testimony and what you've done in our life. And we're praying that this Easter, they'll come to know you. We pray for every husband, every wife, every son, every daughter, every coworker, boss, employee, employer. God, we pray that you would reach them in Jesus' name. God, begin to soften their hearts and open their hearts to hear you and how much you love them and the gospel and the good news. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. All of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Come on. Can you give Jesus one more praise? Come on. With all you got. One more praise. Come on. Light. How many know that light is important? Light is extremely, extremely important. If we had no lights in here, it would be extremely uncomfortable and weird. (laughs) we step outside and there would be no sunlight, we would have some trouble. Light is necessary. Darkness can be a place that can be overwhelming. Total and complete darkness is actually really uncomfortable and and not a fun place to be in at all. How many of you have been in Miami a number of years or you were born and raised in Miami? Can I see a show of hands? Come on, have you been in Miami? How many of you have lived through a hurricane? Come on, show of hands. A lot of us in Miami. I heard a friend one time tell me, I don't go to Miami because you guys have hurricanes. I'll never live in Miami. I'm like, if you talk to Miami people, we throw hurricane parties. Come on. We're just weird like that. All right. This is dangerous. We throw parties. But if you, if you live through a hurricane, then you probably have experienced your electricity going out. Has anybody's lights ever gone out during a storm, during a hurricane? And and you're there in total and complete darkness. You make sure you got your candles and you make sure you got your flashlights and your batteries because being in complete darkness, trying to move around your house during a storm is not the best thing ever. Darkness can be overwhelming. Darkness can be scary. It can be confusing. 
I grew up in a neighborhood where it was a bunch of us hanging out and we were, we used to live in this neighborhood where it was easily eight, 10 guys that grew up together during our teenage years. I had my brother here. It was me, my brother and a bunch of friends that grew up together and and we would play football, basketball, and one of the things that we would play is hide-and-seek or manhunt. Did anybody participate in any of those growing up? We would play this, and I remember we were always trying to see who can hide the longest. And, and one year, on this block where we lived, we had this one empty lot. There was this one empty lot. They hadn't built a house yet, and it was nothing but grass. And one year, it was me and a friend, we decided, we said, you know what, tonight we are going to be the manhunt champions. We are going to hide in this empty lot, and the grass was probably already about to our waist. Nobody took care of this lot. It was an empty field, and we said, we're, we're going to go hide. The problem is, it was already about 5, 6 o'clock in the evening, and so the game begins, and, and we go hide, and we go run into this field, and we go all the way to the end of the field against the fence, and and we just sit down on the floor and the grass covers us. We can't see the street. The street can't see us. And we're like, we're going to win this game. And I remember me and my friend were sitting back there. And the problem is night was falling. And probably within 15, 20 minutes, it was dark. It was dark. And, and we started to get a little bit nervous. And I'm like, don't worry about it. We got this. It's going to be easy. They're not going to find us. We, we got this game. We, we're, we are going to be manhunt champions. We own this block. We own this street. And... Uh, 30 minutes passes by, 35 minutes, and nobody comes looking for us. And now it's nighttime. Now it's complete darkness, and now we're scared. Now we are really, really scared, and, and, and we can't see the street. The street can't see us. We are in darkness, and we're like, oh, oh Jesus, what, what, what are we going to do? And you ever been in total, complete darkness and start hearing noises? Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm about 15 years old, and I'm like, what, what was that? What was, what was that? Right, you sense the grass moving and you hear noises and it wasn't any of the guys on the block looking for us. Something was moving on the grass. I'm like, is that a spider? Is that a imagine a snake in this empty lot and we're here like, oh my, a snake that is from the devil. A snake or a cat, same thing, from the devil. I'm like, what, what is it? Well, I'm like, I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. And we literally started contemplating like, is it more safe to just stay where we're at or run for our lives? Like, what's the best? I'm, I, was, I was getting prepared to stay there all night. I'll show up at my, mom, my, my mom's house, my dad's house for breakfast. I'll tell them, long story, but we're champions. We, just, we, we, we are manhunt champions. Darkness can be overwhelming. You don't know where the noises are coming from. You're confused. You don't know where to go. This is why light is so important. We need light in our life. Light is needed to function. Light is needed so there can be food production in our world. So plants can grow and life can happen. In order to have life, you need light. Light is needed. We go outside and imagine there would be no sun. There would be no world. The earth wouldn't be able to function without sunlight. Light is absolutely vital and necessary. Without it, we would stumble. Without it, we'll be in darkness Without it, we would be staggering and confused. And here's the big problem is that when there is no light, there is no direction. When there is no light, there is no direction. Where do I go? I don't know where to go. This world is dark. How many know that we're living in a dark world? Oh, come on. We're living in an extreme dark world. More than dark days, there is a dark world. You see nothing but murder, evil, human trafficking, abuse. It just, it goes on and on and on. Sin is dark and it's covered the earth and we're living in an absolute dark world. You just turn on the news for five minutes and you're like, whoa, this world is dark. Since the beginning of time, all God has wanted to do is bring light down to our world. God has wanted to speak light. In fact, 
One commentator says that our Bible can be summarized in four words. Our entire Bible can be summarized in four words. From darkness to light. From darkness to light. From Genesis to Revelation, all we see is God bringing light to a dark world. You go all the way, go all the way back to Genesis, all the way at the beginning of the Bible. And you see that the world, it was void, it was formless. And look what Genesis says, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. It says, in the beginning, God, he created the heavens and the earth. And it says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It was a dark, formless void world we were in darkness all the way to the beginning of the bible it was dark and what did god do genesis chapter 1 verse 3 it says and god said let there be light and there was light since the beginning of the bible is from darkness to light you go all the way to the end of the bible you go to the book of revelation all the way at the end and look what god does in revelation chapter 22 verse 5 it says this there will be no more night They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. From Genesis to Revelation is from darkness to light. I want to tell you today, church, God spoke light and God continues to speak light. God is a God that is always bringing light to darkness. He's a God who wants to speak light into our darkness, into our world. Maybe today you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I'm in a dark situation. I'm facing a dark day. I'm facing some dark times. Maybe you came in here today and you're saying, Alex, I'm confused with life. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. I need to make some decisions. And it looks like I'm in a fog, in a haze. I have no idea what to do. Run to God because he'll turn on the light for you because he is the light and because he speaks light. God is always speaking light. And he speaks light through Jesus. Come on, Jesus, that's why Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus comes to turn off the darkness and to turn on the light. Oh, come on, he is the light. He shows up in a room and all of darkness has to tremble. All of darkness has to run. Darkness has to hide because it's afraid of the light of Jesus. Oh, come on, are you in darkness? Call Jesus. Are you facing a hard time? Call Jesus. Are you confused? Call Jesus. Are you at the edge of divorce? Call Jesus. You got a bad diagnosis? Call Jesus. You're in trouble today? Call Jesus. You just went through a divorce? Call Jesus. Are you in trouble? Call Jesus. Don't call ghostbusters don't call the psychic don't call the friend that likes to gossip somebody said call jesus because he'll show up in a second and his light will light up the room and all of darkness will have to flee every chain has to break every sickness has to go every demon has to fly because light has showed up in a room oh come on somebody if you believe it can you really give god a praise come on come on He is light. He is the essence of light. Light surrounds him. He shows up in a room and the whole room lights up. Your life will light up. No more confusion. No more darkness. No more depression. No more discouragement. No more. Oh, the devil is a liar. Every oppression has to flee. Every depression has to go. Every sickness has to go. When Jesus, the light of the world, shows up. I don't know about you, but I'm calling Jesus. (laughs) I'm not calling the friend that is going to turn around and gossip about me. I'm not putting my problems on Facebook. It was down this week, MySpace. (laughs) I'm not giving my problems to the world. I call Jesus and he'll turn on the light. He'll turn on the light 
in our world. And let me tell you this today. If you stay in the light, your direction will always be right. If you stay in the light, your direction will always be right. Jesus, he is the light. And he can lead you. Your life will be blessed. You'll have the right trajectory. You'll have the right path. And this is what John is writing down because John... He's a witness. He's walked with Jesus. This is his best friend, his brother. He loves him. They've done life together. And John is writing down his gospel. And John wants to write down some important things that Jesus did and said because John, remember, he's trying to show us that Jesus wasn't just king, servant, and he wasn't just a man, but Jesus was God. The intention of the gospel of John is to show us Jesus as God. So, so this is why the, the gospel of John is so important and necessary. And this is why, why we should all read it. And I pray you're going home and reading the gospel of John in your own time. Every morning, pick a chapter and read it or some verses and read it. Because John, he's trying to show us Jesus was God. And all throughout the gospel of John, he writes down seven I am statements that Jesus said. They're important statements. They're powerful statements. Statements that you and I, we need to know. Statements that the world needs to know. Last week, we covered the first one when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Oh, come on. We need to get this bread daily. He's the one that sustains us every second of every day. Right? This is why you can't miss a week. This series is so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. We're looking at who Jesus is. And and here in John chapter 8, he's about to give us the second I am statement that Jesus said. Now, Now, in order to understand... Why Jesus said this, right? We need to understand, understand the context, understand the setting, the place. Why did Jesus say he was the light of the world? What, what does this mean, Alex? Well, in order to understand why Jesus said this in John chapter 8, we have to go back to John chapter 7 because John chapter 8 is just a continuation of what's happening in chapter 7. So let's go back to chapter 7 for a second. In chapter 7, what's happening is that Jesus, him and his disciples were in the northern part of Israel called Galilee. And there's this feast going on down in Judea, in Jerusalem. It was called the Feast of Tabernacles. The disciples and Jesus, they go down to Jerusalem to this feast. This was an important, important feast, right? So they went from Galilee down to Jerusalem. Me and Diana, we did this trek and we did this journey when we were in Israel. If you're going with us this year in September, we'll do it together. And you go all the way down to Jerusalem and everybody went to Jerusalem because this was the party you wanted to go to. (laughs) This was the festival. This was like Calle Ocho on steroids. Like this was... (laughs) Everybody went to Jerusalem like this was a party for the Jewish people, right? Everybody would go down to Jerusalem and it was exciting times. The streets were absolutely packed. The, 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 the traffic was like the Palmetto Expressway on Monday morning, right? Like everybody was there, music playing, all this food, all this celebration. The Feast of Tabernacles was important. And for the Jewish people back then, it was the party that you could, you could miss everything. But don't miss the Feast of Tabernacles. This is important. Because to them, they were commemorating and they would remember how God kept them and provided for them while they were wanderers and they didn't have a land for themselves. Right? So when they didn't have a land, they would live in tents or booths. That's why it was called the, ta- the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. Because they would live in these small little huts or, or little shelters, little tents, little booths. So what would happen is that everybody in Jerusalem would build these little booths. You would go through Jerusalem and everybody would move out of their house and move into these booths for eight days. This was an eight day festival. That's like right now you, you set up a tent in your backyard and you tell your whole family, pack up. We're going to the backyard and we're living in a tent for eight days. 
Your kids will be like in a tent for eight days. I ain't going, how can I warm up my pizza rolls in a tent for eight days, right? <laughs> but this is why it's important that you do it and you commemorate for the Jewish people because they would say, listen, the land we have today, it's only because God provided for us and kept us when we didn't have no land. And every once in a while, we need to have a reminder of how God provided, of how he came through, of how he took care of us, of how he gave us shelter, of how he gave us food. Because we did not get what we have today on our own. We have a God who's faithful. So I love baby dedications. That's why I love seeing our kids ministry pack because we need to pass it on to the next generation. So they will move into these booths for eight days and for eight days they would celebrate. So all of Jerusalem, imagine this, get the picture. All of Jerusalem packed, music playing, everybody walking the streets, booths everywhere. I mean, Jerusalem was jam-packed. Jesus and the disciples are walking around, eight-day festival. And every single morning, the priests, they would go and they would get water, buckets of water, from the pool of Shiloh and they will go into the tabernacle and they'll begin to splash the water on the left side of the altar. And this was just them remembering and commemorating how God provided water for them in the desert. Remember that when they needed water, Moses, he needed to actually just touch the rock or speak to the rock. And what did he do? He hit the rock. <laughs> Moses had problems with rage, <laughs> temper problems. Anybody in here have temper problems? Don't answer that, right? <laughs> Hits the rock. Water comes out in the desert and they all drink water. So to commemorate that, they would splash water on the altar because there's a property that says just like he provided in the desert one day, a river is going to flow out of Jerusalem into the world. It's now the eighth day, right? The festival's already on the eighth day, the last and final day. Jesus, he shows up at this precise moment in chapter 7 where the water's splashing and he stands up in the middle and he says, if anyone thirsts, drink of me. And whoever believes in me, Oh, living waters will flow out of them. Basically, what he's saying is, I am the water in the desert. I am the water you're remembering today. I am the water of life forever. That's what he's saying. Stands up in the middle of this room and he says, I am this water. If you're thirsty, drink from me. Everybody's already like, oh, my God, who's Jesus? Read chapter seven. It's amazing. They actually want to kill him already. And they want to destroy him. So later that evening, they all go and they do their thing. And the Bible says that early the next day, Jesus is getting ready in chapter 8 now to say this statement. Now, remember, everybody's in the city. This thing is packed. One of the things that they would do in this tradition, in this festival, is that they would put huge, four huge candelabras, right? Four huge candelabras in the middle of this court called the Court of Women. It was right outside the temple, the Court of Women. It was four huge candles. In fact, you could see them from miles away when they would light up at night. They would do this throughout the eight days. Now, why they would do this throughout the eight days is because they were commemorating and remembering that when they were going through the desert, there was a pillar of fire that led them through the night. Remember, through the desert, you don't know where you're going. You have no idea what direction the promised land is. And the Bible says in the book of Exodus that a pillar of night, a light showed up, a pillar of fire showed up that led them through the desert. So what they did all these years later, they would put four candles in the court, huge candles, light them up. And to them, that was remembering the same way he guided us in the desert. He's going to continue to guide us today. It's now the ninth day, right? It's now early morning the next day. And the candles, they just blew them out. The smoke is still rising. Like many of us, when Christmas passes, we leave that Christmas tree for days. Can I get an amen? Some of you still have your Christmas tree up. Get rid of it. All right, come on. The candles are still up. The party's over, but... There's still a noise in the city, a buzz in the city. And I can imagine the smoke still rising from these four huge candles. And, and Jesus, he shows up in the morning. The streets are busy. Everybody's there. And Jesus, in the middle of the court of women, 
right where the four candles were. This is an important place, prominent place, religious place. Jesus stands there and he says, I am the light of the world. He's saying you're, you're commemorating and you're remembering the light that led you in the desert. And today you're saying, God, can you still lead us and can you still guide us? And Jesus is saying, I am the pillar of fire in the desert. I am the candles out here in this court. I am the light of the world. I came to show you the way. I came to give you life. I came to give the whole world light. There is no more darkness when Jesus shows up. The light that you're remembering is standing before you today. Jesus, the light of the world. I mean, just the place where he did this and where he said this is amazing. He's saying, you're remembering something. I'm telling you, I'm here now. I am the light of the world. He's saying all these candles, they are going to fade out. The lights of this world, they are going to go. Nothing can light up your life the way that Jesus can light up your life. Basically, what he's saying is forget the imitation when you got the authentic and genuine right in front of you. Think about this world. How many people are chasing an imitation? How many people are chasing a replication of true light? We run to our careers thinking that our careers are the true light. We run to relationships. Oh, if I get with this person, that'll be the light in my life and I'll be okay. We run after salaries and say, if I get this salary, then I'm going to be okay. Like, can I tell you, all those lights will fade. Money will fade. Fame will fade. Status will fade. But there's one light that remains forever that no darkness can cover. No shadow can cover. Come on. He's the light of the world. Jesus is saying, I'm the only light. Jesus is saying, I'm the only light. If you want light, you need Jesus. You want light in your life, you need Jesus. I want to tell you today, church, there's no other light for your life. There's no other light for your life. Apart from Jesus, we are in darkness. There is no third option. There is no other alternative. The only light for the world is Jesus Christ himself. He is the light of the world. And he shows up in the middle of a confusing time for Israel because they were under Roman oppression. They're lost and they're saying, God, continue to guide us. We need you. And he says, I'm I'm here. I am. I am the light of the world. Today, are you confused? Let him speak into your situation. Let him say, I am the light of your life. You don't know what to do. Just went through a sickness, a divorce, hard times. God, where do we go next? Let the light of the world step into your life today. Come on, this is why God, he's such a good father. The same way he spoke light, he continued to speak light through the glory of Jesus. And he says, I am the light of the world. For them, this was a huge shock. This guy is saying he's God. This is crazy. In chapter 8, it's a beautiful discussion with him and the Pharisees. But the light has showed up. Light has finally come into the world to show you and I how we should live, to show you and I the path, and to show you and I how not to continue to live in darkness. Three things the light does. I want to give you really quick. Three things the light does when it shows up into our life. And we'll finish with this. The keys can come up and we'll worship in just a moment. Three things that light does when it shows up. Number one, light, it guides us. It's a guide. It is a guide for you and I. We're living in darkness. Our world is in darkness. We can be confused when we don't have the light. Right? Just like 
during a storm and we're trying to find our way, just when it's complete darkness in the world, maybe in your room, in your house, and you're trying to find the path, you need the light to guide you. Today, if you're in here and you showed up today and you're saying, Alex, I'm confused, I'm lost, let the light of Jesus guide you. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking that God will light his light in your situation today. That he will guide you. That he will lead you. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I'm about to get into this business deal, into this relationship. I don't know what to do. Let the light of the world guide you. Light comes to guide. It's one of the qualities of light. It brightens up the path. It shows us the journey. It shows us where to go. Where are you depending to get your light from? Some of us, we think that our, our, our path... Our direction, our journey in life, we, we're pretty good because I'm, Alex, I'm a pretty smart guy. <laughs> I'm pretty wise and <laughs> I know what's right for my life. You ever heard people say that? I don't think you should get into that puppy because that's, that might be a hard situation. I, I know what's right for my life. Don't worry about it. I got it. You ever heard that? Some of you are like, I am that person. <laughs> I don't know if you should get into that business deal. I don't know if you should take that job. I don't know if you should go back. I, I, I got this. I got this. I'm, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> Be careful not to trust your own intelligence, your own heart, and your own feelings when making decisions and when going down paths, right? There's a greater light that can show you so much more that you can't see. Me and my wife, me and Dana, we've been married now. This year, we're going on 10 years, 10 years being married. And I don't know. I think 10 years is just a significant number. I think it's time for babies. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think so. She's going to kill me right now. <laughs> And one of the things that marriage consists of and is that you need to compromise a whole lot. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Some of the husbands are like, no, not you and me, baby. We, we are good. You need to compromise and work together. And there's differences. For example, me and Anna, we have a difference. The difference is that on my phone, I like the brightness all the way up. I like a bright phone. Sometimes when we're getting ready to sleep and we're sharing pictures and stories. And I'm like, look, babe. She's like, oh, my God, your phone is so bright. <laughs> Sometimes she'll want to show me, like, like, I love sports. She loves dogs. She has every dog video you can think of. The other day she was showing me a video, and she's like, babe, look at this dog. Looked at her phone, I'm like, I can't see anything. Like, I can't see. Like, it's a black screen. I don't see anything. Where's your brightness? Her brightness is all the way down. So I grabbed her phone. I turned it all the way up. <laughs> she's like, no, don't do that. Right? Can I tell you, some of us were living and walking through this world with our brightness all the way down. And there's a light that you didn't know that is way brighter than our wisdom, way brighter than our intelligence, way brighter than our strength. Jesus comes with a light so bright that he'll illuminate the whole path for you. Look at Psalm, Psalm chapter 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp from my feet, a light on my path. Light comes to guide. This morning he wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants to show you. The journey you're supposed to take. He'll lead the way. He'll be the light for you. Number two. Number one, it comes to God. Number two, it comes to expose. It comes to expose. Another word is it, it comes to reveal. It comes to show. If this room was completely pitch black, no lights, no nothing, we wouldn't know who's in here. We wouldn't know what's in here. As soon as you turn on the light, it uncovers, it reveals what's in the room. When the light of Jesus shows up, it comes to uncover, reveal, and expose what's in our heart, what's in our soul, what's in our life, what's in our life. Some of us, we think of the word expose and we're like, ah, oh, this is why I don't like religion. 
just comes to shame. Some of us have a negative connotation when it comes to expose. And I get it. Because some of us come from backgrounds where people exposed us or said stuff about us and share stuff in the wrong way. But can I tell you, religion always comes to shame. God always comes to heal. Always. So anytime the light of Jesus is turned on in a life, in a heart, in a soul, in a situation, it's never to condemn, it's never to shame, but it's always to heal and make whole. Today, he wants to expose areas of your heart that maybe you still didn't know were dealing with some stuff. Maybe you're in here and you're like, Alex, I got some issues in my life. I try to tuck them way down there. <laughs> Nobody would know about certain things in my life. Maybe some bad habits, maybe some sin, maybe some, some unforgiveness of things that people did to you. Or... It's way down there. Let the light of Jesus expose it. Come on, today, let, let him uncover it. It's only to heal. It's only to heal. So some of us, we don't want the light of Jesus to come and expose certain areas because we think it's all shame. But can I tell you, God can't heal what we won't reveal. Today, if you say, God, here I am, shine your light on me, Jesus. I want you. I want to stay with this light. I want to follow this light. I want to be in the light. It comes with a whole lot of healing for our soul. Today, do you need healing? Today, do you need a new beginning? Today, do you need this light? Are you confused that you're in darkness? My marriage situation is in darkness. My, my world is in darkness. Let the light of Jesus come and reveal let him come and expose because he always comes to heal. Anybody glad that we serve a God that heals? Come on. He's a God that heals. He comes to, he comes to guide. He comes to heal. And number three, he comes to change. He comes to change. Not only will he heal you, he'll change you. Maybe we can ask the band to come up. But, but when the light is off in a room and the light comes on, everything changes. In fact, some things you didn't even know were a certain color until the light comes on. Certain things that you didn't know were there, not only are they exposed and revealed, but now it changes your perception of the room. I, I didn't know this was there. I didn't know this was beyond this. And now I, I see the room differently than how I did before when the light was off. Can I tell you that when the light of Jesus shines in your life, you begin to change. You begin to change. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, I'm not the same person I used to be. I don't talk the same. I don't walk the same. Light has done something where now I just feel like a different person. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't gossip the way I used to gossip. I don't go out of certain places I used to go out to because light has come and illuminated, shined on me and showed me some areas I need to work on. After exposing them and revealing them, now it shows me to correct them. Because now I know where to go and now I know what to fix. And can I tell you, when, when light shines in your life, other people will notice the light is on in your life. It, it's, just, it's just noticeable. It's noticeable when, when you're walking with the light of the world. People will know there's something different about you. The other day, I, I went to go see some people I hadn't seen in a long time and and when I'm there talking with them, we were catching up on life. And they're like, Alex, what are you and Dan up to now? And so I tell them it's been years since we've talked. And I catch up him and his wife with life now, what we're doing in church and Calvary. And his wife responds with this. I, go, I, I can tell. I can see it. I can see it. Oh, there's this peace about you. Peace. 
Hay una luz. There's una luz. There's a light. There's a light coming out of you. And I get it. How many of you heard that before, right? And I get it. People sometimes calling an aura. There's an aura about you. Mm. All that happens is with, when you've been with the light and you live in the light. That light now is in you and it lives in you and it walks with you and it stays with you and it follows you. You're in the light. The light, people can notice that there's been a change in your life. There's a light about your life. What I love about Jesus is that in John chapter 8, he stands up and he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. But in Matthew chapter 5, he flips it. And in Matthew chapter 5, he says, you are the light of the world. It goes from him being the light of the world to you and I being the light of the world. Because when you've been with the light, you become light. Some of us, we've been in darkness so long that God says, let me shine my light in your life. And after I shine my light, you are going to become light. And everywhere you go, you're going to tell the world about the light of Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, look what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on a what on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven come on when you are with the light When you stay in the light, oh, it causes a change in your life. And all of a sudden, you become light. Oh, life may be crazy. You may be in a storm. But I got light in my soul. I got the light of Jesus. I got the light of the world. And it don't matter how dark my days may be. And it don't matter how dark this world may be. I got light down in my soul. I got light down in my heart. And it lights up my life. And it changes my view. And it changes my perspective. And it changes my mind. And it changes everything about me. Come on, somebody give God some praise, the light of the world. Come on, let's stand up on our feet all across this place. Come on, can we give Jesus one big hand? Come on. He's awesome. The light of the world. Let's stand up on our feet all across this place. We're leaving in just a moment. I'm going to ask every eye to be closed, every head to be bowed. He's the light. He's the light of the world. Let him shine his light on whatever your situation is. He's the only one that can guide. He's the only one that can expose. He's the only one that can change. Every other light will be extinguished. Every other light will fade. This morning, he wants to shine his light on you. Are you tired? Are you weary? Does it look like life has been dark? My own feelings sometimes are dark. Life can lead you in dark places. Maybe this morning you're just like, God, I, I just need your light. He is the light. He wants to step in. Shine and illuminate every area of our soul. Not to shame, but always to heal. Come on, can we lift up our hands this morning and Can we just allow the light of Jesus to come into our soul? Tell him, I need you, Jesus. Come on, with every hand lifted across this place, let the light of the world shine down upon us. Let the light of the world fill us. Come on, somebody begin to talk to God this morning and tell him, fill me with your light. 
Fill me, Jesus. I, I, I always want to walk in the light. I always want to stay in the light. Oh, I, I want to remain in you. The Bible says that he is the light. And whoever remains in the light. Oh, it says they do not live in sin. Oh, come on. God is the light. And I want to remain in the true light. The light of the world. Every other light extinguishes God. I don't want to run to any other light. They're just imitations. They're just, they're just phony compared to the real thing. The real light. Oh, I may not have all the money in the world. I may not have the status. I may not have fame. I may not have certain things. I may not have the house on one of the car, but I got the light of the world. He completes me. He fills me. He shows me. He changes me. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, you're a good God. We love you so much. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed. All across this auditorium. Come on, as the whole church is praying. In this auditorium, in additional seating, you're watching on live stream. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I'm, I'm far from God. I have no idea of this God that you're talking about. I feel distant from God. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I've done some things in my life that nobody knows about. And maybe today you came in here and there's shame and guilt on you. You feel like you can't pick up your head. You feel like there's no way God could want anything with you because there's sin. Well, the Bible says that all of us, we're sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. There's not one perfect person in this place. The Bible says that all of us have failed. We've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. Sin, it separates us from God. God can't be with sin. But the Bible says that God, he loves humanity so much. He loves you so much that the Bible says that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came down, lived the perfect life, the light of the world. He came to show us the way, the path show us our sin and to show us forgiveness the bible says that jesus he carried my sins and he carried your sins jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders the bible says he went up on a cross and he he gave up his life on that cross jesus died for you and he died for me for everything we've done that people know about and the things that nobody knows about for all of our shame for all of our guilt for all of our mistakes for all of our sins he died the bible says that after they, after he died, they brought him down off the cross, put him down in a grave. And he was in a grave for three days. But after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. We believe that Jesus, he's alive today. He not only died for us, he resurrected for us. He overcame sin and death for you and for me. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, nobody looking around, a moment of privacy and concentration. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I need this Jesus. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to put my faith and my trust in Jesus. I want a relationship with God. I'm tired of being in the dark. I'm tired of living far from God today. I I need a brand new beginning. I need a brand new start. I need forgiveness for my sins. I want a relationship with my heavenly father. With every eye closed. With every head bowed. Nobody looking around. In fact, come on, dream team praying. Pastors praying. It's an important moment. Wherever you are in the auditorium, additional seating or live stream. If you're in here and you're saying, Alex... I need Jesus. I need this relationship with God. I want to pray for you. I'm going to count to three right now. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. I'm just going to see you. I'm not going to give you a mic, embarrass you, none of that. Every eye closed. More importantly, I believe God has seen you take this step of faith. You're saying, God, I want to put my faith and my trust in you. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up for just a few seconds. I'll see you. And then you can put it right back down. One, two, 
three. Raise your hand all across this auditorium. Can you raise it up a little higher? I see you. I see you. I see you. Hands all across the right. Hands all across the middle. Hands all across the left. I see you. I see you. I see you. See you. I see you. I see you. Hands everywhere. Hands everywhere. Come on. Keep them up raised just a little longer. Amazing. Amazing. I see you. I see you. I see you all the way back there. I see you too. Amazing. Amazing. Hands raised up everywhere. Father, we thank you so much for every single person making this decision. Thank you for every single soul that's putting their faith and their trust in you. Come on, with eyes closed, head bowed, I'm going to say a simple prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer with me. From the bottom of your heart, I want you to say this with all you've got. The whole church, as a family, we're going to say it with you. My prayer doesn't save anybody. It's, it's the prayer, that putting our faith and trust in Jesus that saves us. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. I want you to say, Father, uh, thank, you thank you for today. Thank you, thank you. for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Tell him, be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I'm forgiven, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And it, oh, come on, Calvary. Can we put our hands together? Oh, come on. Can we celebrate every single person? Amazing.